Wake up, John Doe, you're the hope of the world. Give me like what you think a good like intro song would be for us to listen to while we're starting a podcast here. Well, I mean, I gave it to you in the intro already. No, 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 no. It's got to be different than that. It's got to be something that like amps us up. You know what I mean? Um, like a, like a thrash metal song. Yeah, like a like a wow wow. Just wait. Do that again. Wow wow. Is that like a like a cat? Yeah. 
When did they start using uh, cats for instruments? Was that the Egyptians? I think so, yeah. They made them into, what, violins? Yeah, they used cats for violins and... Footballs? Footballs? Yeah. I thought they used uh, skunks for that. Skunks? Yeah. They're about the size of a football. You can't use a skunk skin for most things, I would think. You'd think. What would you use a skunk skin for? Um, you could use it for a hat. No, that's a fur. I'm talking about the skin. Oh, the skin? Yeah. Oh, then nothing. I was talking about the fur. Maybe that's a market that hasn't been, like, tapped into you. Yeah. yeah. I bet you there's a lot of skunk coats out there, though, that people think are, like, you know, mink. <laughs> what well, I mean, is there really, like, a difference, you think, in, like, if they put, like, the same, like, coat softening shit on it uh yeah no it's not the same thing because they have like a different quality of like fur and all that kind of like every animal is a different type of fur yeah Mm. but it's a coat right so it's not really touching your skin per se so you're not really gonna that's like saying your hair is not touching your skin does your hair your hair or like the animal's hair on their own skin no, if you put a skunk a skunk coat on, right? On, it's, yeah. it's the animal's hair on you, but you usually have clothes on. Oh, yeah, you'd have, I mean. So you wouldn't really be able to tell the difference unless no, you if like. I'm, if I'm rocking a skunk coat, I'm going to be fully naked underneath of it. Why? Because that's the only way, way to wear a skunk coat. Is that the only type of, like, animal coat you would wear? I think I would wear one made out of like uh, maybe a armadillo. Okay. I feel yeah. like that'll make like a cool looking leather. Yeah, talk a little slower. I'm trying to. Uh... <laughs> oh, wait. They couldn't hear it because I wasn't. They got me all excited. Oh. <laughs> or I would wear maybe like a snakeskin coat. My head is like a shark's fin. Yeah. You know, when I went to go buy a suit, they told me that they had shark skin suits. Actual shark skin? No, it wasn't. I was severely disappointed. Damn. Yeah. You thought you were going to go to a wedding dressed up as a shark and like... I, I thought it was going to be like, it would still look like a suit, but like... Skunk instead. You get up close and like you touch it and it's, it's a little moist. That still happened because I have a glandular problem, but... Well, but it's not coming <laughs> from the suit. Yeah. It's coming from the man. That's true. All right, let's start the podcast. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Actual Comedy Presents, an actual podcast. I'm Angel Ace. And I'm Aaron. And uh, today we have an excellent show uh, lined up for you guys. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Including a new segment uh, that we're very, very happy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to uh, do that. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into all this shit. Like, I'm getting... Yeah. Chomping at the bit over here. Yeah, it's been a crazy week. Is it champing at the bit or chomping at the bit? I think it's chomping at the bit. Okay. Remember that movie, uh, Chompy and the Girls? Oh, vaguely. It was like, it was a, a person with like a large mouth just going around and... Oh, he just ate a bunch of shit? Yeah, but he was doing it like to save them or some shit like that. He was like an alien. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, oh, vaguely. I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. of Butt Boy. No, that was different, yeah. Yeah, other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so what's up? <laughs> What's up? Yeah, what's up? With what? With us, you know, 
perfor- performing today? Oh. Um, Recording today? Yeah. What do we What do we got on hand? What are you excited about? Uh, I'm excited about a lot of things. You want to go to our uh, first segment of the day? Oh yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. I can't hold it in. First segment of the day. Uh, it's Give a repeat it of last week, uh, and I'm very excited to do this today. So let's just play the intro. This week in history. That's right. This week in piss history, everybody. I, I feel like that's a good entrance. What? Like you asked me to do a good entrance. I feel like that's a good entrance. Like to get me hyped up. Every time I hear it, I want to dance. Well, we can't start off every podcast with this week in piss history. Why not? I mean, because then the it would only be for me. I like it though. <laughs> um. So yeah. So uh, this week in piss history is our segment where we discuss uh, everything historical about piss. Uh, last week. Uh, we discussed the uh, etymology of the word piss, correct? Yes, yes. Um, and apparently it's an onomatopoeia. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> um, oh my God, do you think that's where onomatopoeia got its name? Um, I don't know. Onomatopoeia. You can uh, look into that, though. I will. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. Get into it. All right, so, yeah, last week we talked about the... Uh, Etymology of the word piss. Uh, today, uh, for this week in piss history, um, I decided we would discuss the history of urinalysis. Oh. Um, which is using urine as a way to diagnose uh, medical I'm issues. I'm thirsty, homo boy. Okay. What? <laughs> Why did you play that right then? I, did, I was talking, and you played that right over me speaking. I didn't. Um, so... You, you know what urinalysis is, right? It's a way to diagnose medical issues using urine? Yes. Um, it's considered as the first example of laboratory medicine. Oh, really? Um, it began around 6,000 years ago, if you can believe that. Um, it used to be called uh, uroscopy, uh, which is derived from the two Greek words, uh, uran, uh, which means urine, and scopia, which means uh, to examine or inspect. Uh, <laughs> Euroscopy was a term used until the 17th century. Uh, Sumerian and Babylonian physicians from around 4000 BC uh, recorded uroscopy results on clay tablets. Really? Yeah. Can you imagine getting your whatever results from the doctor on a clay tablet? <laughs> Doctors today get mad when they have to write a fucking note. Can you imagine if they had to like you have to carve a note, carve it into a goddamn rock? <laughs> that would be probably the scariest AIDS test to ever have. Because <laughs> they're like well, you know, standard procedure. It takes about a week, and then uh, for us to write it out, it's going to take uh, six to eight months. <laughs> no, if it's if it's positive, you have one, two strikes. If it's negative, there's just one. Oh, uh, you think they had like a template? A plus and minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, in ancient Sumner, one of the earliest known civilizations... Uh, they recognized that characteristics of urine changed with different diseases. Uh, Sanskrit medical 
works from the uh, around the year 100 BC uh, described 20 different types of urine. Um, Hindu cultures discovered that some people's urine tasted sweet and uh, that black ants were attracted to it, uh, which is a characteristic from the disease now known as uh, diabetes. Oh, wow. So uh, I love how they say discovered that the some people's urine tasted sweet. <laughs> the ants like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonder what's so good about this. Why was... You think they were just... Maybe they... They were peeing on ant piles, maybe? I don't know, like... No, like, you ever leave a cookie outside? Yeah. And then the ants, you know, flock to it? Yeah, yeah. So if you pee outside and you see the ants are... Then you know there's sugar in it. But you think they're peeing in a spot where, like, it just stays there? Like, isn't the whole point of, like, peeing outside, like, so it goes away from your... With the area that you're in? Yeah, but if you're peeing into, like, like a cat litter box, you know what I mean, essentially. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah, the world yeah. is just, like, a giant litter box. Yeah, that's true. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's going to seep into the ground a little bit. Like, some, you're going to have some runoff, but. Um, Hippocrates. How would you pronounce that guy's name? Hippocrates. Hippocrates? Yeah. He described uh, bubbles on the surface of fresh urine as a sign of long-term kidney disease. Ooh. Um, and he associated urinary sediment with fevers. Hmm. Um, Gallen, the guy that came after him, was just like a physician back in the day, uh, he used the phrase diarrhea of the urine to describe excess urination. <laughs> <laughs> diarrhea of the urine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's got diarrhea of the urine. He's peeing a lot. <laughs> You could have just said peeing a lot. Yeah, or peeria. What? Peeria? Peeria? Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's too many words. Um, Ismail of Giorgiani, uh, an 11th century physician, uh, he acknowledged that food and aging altered urine composition and was the first to propose 24-hour urine collection. So he was, like, the first one to be like, oh, okay, so older people's pee tastes different, and also pee tastes different depending on uh, the type of things that you eat. And, so, he, and he also came up with the idea of, like, well, you can't just use the one type of... You got to get them the whole day, a whole day's worth of pee. You know, they still use that method. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of times, like... If you have like severe kidney problems, mm. they'll make you, they'll give you a jug and you just piss in it for the day and then you have to bring them back like a jug of piss. Yeah. So they're still doing that shit. Um, <clears throat> what are we giving all this fucking money to St. Jude's for? They don't got enough jugs. <laughs> they used to be called St. Jugs. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't be, keep, keep it going. Um, during the late Middle Ages and the Renaissance, the abuse of uroscopy practices by disre disreputable individuals began to draw criticism. Uh, so people were going around pretending uh, like they were doctors and just drinking people's pee. <laughs> uh, so you've heard of a necromancer before, right? Yeah. Uh, or like a whatever mancer, and it's like a person that like practices like uh, the study of whatever that thing is. 
That's what that is? Yeah, I think like a serpent mancer is like a person that like do stuff with snakes or something like that. I thought a necromancer was someone that bangs corpses. No, they like they use magic to bring the dead back to life or some shit like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um Euromancers. Euromancers. Yeah, it's 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 the word romancers with a U in front of it. For urine. No, I was saying like Euro-romancers. Oh, no, I got it. Um, (laughs) Euro-romancers without medical training claimed that they could not only diagnose disease, but could also detect pregnancy, determine a baby's sex, and even predict the future from a subject's urine. I mean, they weren't wrong. I don't think you can predict the future from somebody. I mean... You could be like, mm, it's not, it's probably in like 10 years you're going to have diabetes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. But like how many like trial and error tests did they have to do where they were like, hold on, give me that uh, pregnant lady's uh, piss again. Like, okay, this one, was this a boy or girl? Which one is this? <laughs> okay, you this just have taste? to go around and, like, you, you have to get tests, like, control studies first. It's like when uh, narcotics officers are like, you got to know the product that you're dealing with. Yeah, it's like when my gym <laughs> teacher brought us drugs to look at to teach us about drugs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because back then, like, what was a medical school? And what made these one people okay? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're qualified to work with the piss but these other guys aren't you know what's interesting that i found out that kind of has nothing to do with this but it has something to do with this um i was reading how uh, a lot of these like early medical manuscripts were written in latin oh so you could only uh learn the things from the manuscripts if you knew the language (laughs) (laughs) pretty crazy yeah that's that fucking college of alexandria shit um so in 1637, an uh, English physician named Thomas Bryan, uh, he was he was he was he was peeved. He he was uh, angry. What's another word for like angry? Peeved? Like another p word? Uh, perturbed. Perturbed. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing one though. Pissed. Oh, there you go. That's what it is. So he was that. Uh, at all these like people that were going around and <laughs> pretending like they could like diagnose yeah people from their piss, so uh, he published a uh, a letter or like a I guess a study or something, and it was called uh, the Piss Prophet <laughs> or Certain Piss Pot Lectures. That's like the fucking first TED talk. That was the whole title. What? Yeah, the Piss Prophet or. Certain piss pot lectures. Damn. Um, and in this, he blasted those who claimed to be able to diagnose disease without examining the patient. So. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, but, like, now they're doing it over Zoom. They're drinking pee over Zoom? No, but I mean, like, you can diagnose a patient over Zoom. Oh, uh, yeah. examining them. I'm thirsty, homo boy. Okay. <laughs> wait, what's the long one? So wait, why was... I'm thirsty, homo boy. Give me a drink. Oh, okay, there you go. There you go. That one goes more. Um, what were you going to say? What was the what? I was, I was saying, like, where, who was the guy that wrote that book? Oh, it was, it was Thomas Bryan. He was a physician. In, he was uh, a physician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so at that point, there had been, like, an established college of medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was English, These people too. weren't 
taught that weren't going to, and they were still diagnosing and treating urinary problems. Yeah, they were just going around collecting piss from people and being like, "Let me taste that, yo." <laughs> I could tell I, your future. I, I got a taste for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, in the 19th century, uh, chemical methods for analysis of urine became more widespread. Um, an early method resembling urine test strips was invented by French chemist Edme Jules Maumien uh, in 1850. Um, the way he did this was he impregnated a strip of wool with tin chloride. And then what he did was he added a drop of urine and then exposed it to flame. So if the urine contained glucose, the wool, the wool would turn black. Okay. Because it was, you know, the sugar burns or whatever fuck. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the 1880s, uh, William Pavy developed powdered regents for urinalysis, and George Oliver introduced urinary test papers for albumin and glucose. Albumin. Albumin, uh, which were a commercial success and were... Uh, marketed in Germany as well as the UK. Uh, beginning in the 1920s, the chemist Fritz Fiegel developed highly sensitive meth methods for spot testing on filter paper, which paved the way for modern urine test strips. In 1956, Helen Murray Free and her husband, uh, who they did not mention <laughs> by name, which I thought was hilarious, um, but apparently they both developed uh, clinistics, uh, also known as clinistrips, uh, the first dip and read test for glucose in urine. Um, the development of this uh, led to the development of additional dip and read tests uh, for other substances. Uh, the invention was named National Historic Chemical Landmark by the American Chemical Society in May 2010. So even wow. though they were invented in the 50s, it took them like 60 years to recognize the greatness of these uh Dip tests <laughs> for piss. What twenty ten is when they came out with like a award for that? For that, well, I mean, I think they had the award for years, but they didn't recognize this particular thing until the twenty tens. Wow. Um, a dipstick test for urine proteins, also called albi sticks, was introduced in nineteen fifty seven, and the first multi dip, multi test dipsticks were released in nineteen fifty nine. Uh, automatic test readers. Came into the market in the 1980s. Oh, okay. Like little computers that go in there to like say pregnant or non-pregnant. Yeah, 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 exactly. So all that shit came from the 80s. Wow. But before that, I guess you had to use like one of these other methods of like putting, <laughs> putting wool or whatever fuck they did. He impregnated wool? So he had to come on a piece of wool first and no, then No, he had to it? take, he had to take the fucking, wait, where was that? Uh, he impregnated a strip of wool with tin chloride. So it just means he injected tin chloride into wool. Oh. And it, like, absorbed into it. All right? I heard was impregnated. And yeah. I was like, all right. It just means absorb and let dry. <laughs> um, Live and let dry. Live and let dry. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was pretty great. So anyway, uh, I had to write down this other thing because they... I thought about, like, how they used to collect this piss, right? Because mm -hmm. you would think that they were just, like, what did they do? Like, just pour it into their hands and just, like, 
try to carry it over to like like a flask or something. I, I don't know. I mean, like a some sort of pottery. So, um, they have a thing called a a matula. Okay. M a t u l a. Okay. Uh, and it's a uroscopy flask, uh, made of transparent glass. Uh, it has like a specific shape. Um, so you put the pee in there and I guess you hold it up to the light. And if you can see like sediment or if it's like a specific color or whatever the fuck, it's most likely something else that's been discovered before. If that makes sense. Um, it was invented by Gilles de Corbel. Uh, he was a royal physician to King, King Philippe Auguste of France. Uh, it's also called a Jordan. Um, the matula became the universal symbol that distinguished physicians in the same way that a white coat and a stethoscope does today. So back in the day, whenever they used to make drawings of like uh, fucking doctors, yeah. they would always be holding like a thing up. And a lot of people like mistakenly thought that these were like beakers because they were like scientists or whatever. Oh. And in reality, they were fucking piss jugs and they were holding it up to the light to see if it was safe to drink or not. <laughs> safe to drink. You're yeah. telling me they just made this to see whether or not they could drink it? I think they wanted to increase diabetes all around so the piss would be like sweeter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what that golden juice is? I'm thirsty, homo boy. Give me a drink. Okay. Ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, there's so many topics I wanted to go down while you were talking about that. Because, like, there's got to be people somewhere, like, still, um, like, capitalizing off of urine. Like, I mean, we know there are, but even, like, just the actual... What do you mean, like, capitalizing? Like, like, okay, so, like, sewage companies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you think they're doing something with our piss? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, not, I mean, just piss? Well, I mean, like, okay, if you could, if you know that you need just piss for something, can they extrapolate just the piss from the rest of the, uh, I think it, I think, menagerie? I think the actual, like, combination of things that make piss, piss. Yeah. I think it's pretty difficult once it's, like, mixed in with, like, everything else. But Uh if you're looking. For a particular like chemical or like atom or something, it's still in there. You just have to learn how to look for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the people. I mean, we didn't even talk about how they used to use it. No, 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 no. This is why you you said we can't do piss history every week, and I'm like, it's so rich (laughs) that like, how can we not? (laughs) Well, there you go. That was. I'm gonna play the intro, the segment intro one last time. Okay. This week in Piss History. This week in Piss History. Mm. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Are you ready to move on to our next topic here? I sure am. All right. Uh, Where are we at here? Where are my newts? Uh, Oh, ooh. Ooh, we got another segment here. You ready for this? Oh, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it all. And 
What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on up there? What is a going on? All right. Oh, What's a going on? So many things. <laughs> Where to um, start? This is our segment uh, on an actual podcast where we discuss current events. Yeah. Uh, and generally, like, what's the going on in the yeah, world? Yeah, we want right? to let you know what's the going on. Yeah. Um, so we have a list of topics here that we want to get through. Um, let's start off with the big one that seems to be taking over social media. Uh, what's up with Diddy, yo? Oh. What's going on there? What's going on? I mean, I, I don't know that. That's probably the story I researched the least just because I was just reading memes. Mm. So, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> whether or not it's true. I mean, I know Kat, Kat Cassie. K- yeah. Is that, is that how you say it? Casey? Cassie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She put, a, um, she put a hit out on Diddy. She put a hit out on it? <laughs> Whatever. That's not real. You know what I mean. She, she paid someone to murder him? Well. You know, his career. <laughs> what else would you call it? We're going to take you out before you even get to the ring. <laughs> I mean, he'd been in the ring for a while, but. What ring? Of, you know, the celebrities. Ring of power. Yeah, the ring of power. The ring of fire. Yeah, yeah. So, like, apparently, so she put a, a, a lawsuit. She filed a lawsuit. Was it a criminal lawsuit or a civil? Uh, it must have been a civil because they settled, right? If it was a criminal, I don't think he would have. Yeah, if it's criminal, settled. can you just go back to the cops and be like, you know what, this dude's going to give me a couple mil. Just forget everything I said. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's how it works. Is that... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it is, no. 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 So what? So she said, did you read anything that, that she put out there? Like, did no. she accuse him of anything? Or? She accused him of, like, abuse and um, rape, I think. Oof. I think there was, I think I saw the R word in there. Ooh, that's not good. But like literally that, that, that night the the case was settled. The same day that she like filed. Either or the next day they they settled out of court. Wow. But now that I just see like a lot of, um, people, uh, putting their uh, microscope down on Diddy. Oh, uh, does he have like a history of doing stuff with people? Well, I mean, you know, looking back at it. You know, oh feel- yeah, going <laughs> plenty of fucking going on tonight. Okay, that's <laughs> apparently uh, Diddy is responsible for uh, doing some 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 dirty stuff. He what? dirty did it. He diddy dirty money did. Oh shit! Well, he did Danity Kane, right? He did Danity Kane. He had the uh, making the band two. Didn't he have Dream? Wasn't there a band called Dream? You got Dream. You got Danity Kane. You got fucking. Who was the hip hop group? The the band. The band. They were just the band. Ugh. that's so like annoying. Did they do anything? I don't think they ever did anything. Yeah, Chopper. Yeah, Dylan. Dylan. Yeah, Leslie Jones. Yeah, Car- <laughs> Cardi B's sister. <laughs> and uh, that was it, right? Ah, uh, they had that like one like uh, a guy with the Chopper. I said him. I felt like you had to say him twice. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, none of them are very good. I remember Diddy talking shit to him specifically because he had, like, bad skin. And Diddy's like, you're not going to make it ahead in this industry with all that fucking acne on your face. <laughs> so if he was doing that on live television, you know, imagine what he was doing behind the scenes. What did he do with Cassie? 
He was. What, what was her music career? I don't even know. Did she do uh, this one thing that made me chip it? This one thing. Oh, baby. Oh, no. You know what? That was A. Marie. Mm, Cassie was, it's me and you. Mm, I make it. That was her hit? Me. I don't know if that's her or not. Uh-oh. That's what I was thinking of every time I hear, I hear the name. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember like one or two. I remember her being on like MTV music videos. Really? What does she look like? Cassie? Yeah. She kind of looks like a, like a softer Sierra. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the other one. Uh, the girl that was with Ja Rule in all those videos. Uh, uh, what's her name? Yeah, Ashanti. Oh, yeah. She's, She's a- kind of like a softer uh, no. Sierra. Yeah. No. Shanti's like a softer Queen Latifah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one thing that got me tripping you down. So, yeah, so that one thing that he did that got her tripping. Yeah. He paid her out of court, so it's settled. How much, did they say how much money it was? I didn't even see that, no. A couple mil, probably. Probably a couple mil. Damn. Fucking diddy. How much do you think it would take for her to just drop the, uh, but guess what? Case. We're gonna screw you over. Oh, man, nobody heard that because the volume was down. Oh. You could do it again, though. No, it's, like, not even funny anymore. Okay. Like, how much money? And guess what? Okay. We're gonna screw you over. <laughs> I would think like, what's a settlement amount, right? Like if it's more than ten million, you look pretty guilty. I would say anything over like a hundred dollars, you look pretty guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it does look pretty guilty, but I mean a lot of people. Who was it that was saying to stay out of the take that take that camp? Uh, I think that was Jay Farrow. Okay. One of those guys on like a Waka Flocka podcast. But what does that what does that mean? I mean, he's just stay away from Diddy and all the people <laughs> Diddy fuck with. I mean, he definitely got Biggie killed, right? I mean, uh, yeah, probably. He made more money off of Biggie being being killed than he would have made if Biggie was alive. A hundred percent. Yeah. So. I mean, you think he's gonna get like raked over the coals for that eventually? I don't know. The guy that said he was around when Tupac got got killed just got arrested. I don't know if he's out, though. Oh, that dude that said he was, like, a gangbanger or some shit yeah, like that? Yeah, he was, like, I was in the car or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But everybody else is dead. Yeah. I think the guy made a deathbed confession and then ended up living a while. And then, the, like, the LAPD <laughs> was just like, you know what? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, Diddy's, like, fucked up. I mean, I don't know. I guess he's, like, Illuminati. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think it's, like, that honeypot business that Him. he's, like, getting, like, uh... Him and the Pinkest Smiths. Oh, yeah. They're both in on it. And Usher. Usher's in that camp. I don't want to believe it, but probably. Chris Brown. Damn, I love Usher. Breezy. Fucking Sea Breezy. Sea Breezy's in there. God damn it. Who else? Oh, Mary J. You know who's not in it? Oliver Anthony. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like. Try to gay him out, see what happens. (laughs) Um, You think. People are gonna. Uh... My dad's carrying his hell. <laughs> you think? Uh, does anybody like really like like Puff Daddy? Never. I don't think anybody did. I it feel always like, felt like it was like a, a. It seems to me like the people that like or tell people that they like Puff Daddy are also the ones that are like. You ever hear Big Willie style? Yeah. <laughs> it was like. The... <laughs> you ever hear Welcome to Miami? 
That shit bumps. Wild Wild West. <laughs> what other hits did uh, Will Smith have? With that? He never cursed in a song. Uh, he cursed one time, I think, in the one... Uh, now everybody, now shake, shake, shake. The one where he's like in the basement. In the music video. Oh, the the clap the clap. Song. Yeah, the clap one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, think I think sucks. he says ass in that. <laughs> Why didn't everybody just like fucking cancel him twenty years ago when they, he was coming out with like the most lame shit ever? I don't get it either. Even like like looking back, like Mace, all that shit. It was so like lame. Yeah. I I don't know. And now he's a preacher. He, he had to get as close to God as he could, I guess. Did he go back to being, uh, like, the Mace guy, though? I, I think I've seen him, like... Maybe on, like, Cameo. I've seen him on some, like, video on YouTube. He did some show, and he was, like, saying the N-word a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I think Mace is back. Oh, shit. Mace might be back. Oh, well, I didn't mean to talk shit, Mace. <laughs> Don't come after me. Um... No, it's just weird. Like yeah, I, I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine people being like, "Yo, I got to work with Puff Daddy." <laughs> like you know how amazing that is. It just seems to me like he's not going to be one of these people that are like looked back on in history as like a talented individual. You know what I mean? Do you think it's possible that he changed his name all those times because of the lawsuit? So the person's going to be like going oh. after Puff Daddy, and he's like, "I'm fucking Diddy now." So yeah, yeah. suck it, Cassie. Yeah. I'll Maybe. give you this little bit of money. That's probably a good way to avoid uh, getting your like name out in public, right? Yeah. Because you, if you set up like three or four names, aka shell companies that you're using, <laughs> uh, you could just tell them, like, you know when how you, they like make you like respond to like a lawyer affidavit or whatever, like you could put one of those like backup names on there. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And be like, well, the lawsuit was filed against uh, Sean Combs or Sean Diddy something. Yeah, so like when he's in public, which one is he? It's hard to tell. He's pulling a, a Nathan Fielder. Oh, shit. My man, my man, my man, my man. <laughs> you know what I want right now? A mother effing another story. <laughs> um. Yeah, the reason I ask that is because uh, it seems like lately... There's been a rise in uh, people uh, looking towards uh, some controversial figures and uh, <laughs> looking at looking at their uh, body of work and uh, kind of like agreeing or not agreeing, but like being like, oh, I get it. It's a little weird. Uh, we Weirdly, saw- f- number one book on the New York Times this week, Mein Kampf. Oh, shit. The New York Times? Yeah. Fuck. I know, right? We gotta send Crazy. them a letter. No, that was a joke. But <laughs> uh yeah. Uh we're now uh what's the word that we came up with earlier that meant this? Pedestalizing? Venerating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some pretty contra- controversial figures. Yeah. So uh Osama bin Laden, um, after he nine eleven does. Yeah. Um, wrote an allegedly a note. allegedly <laughs> if if you know if all the stories are are true right uh he wrote a note to America after that yeah 
And it was basically just saying all this stuff like uh, there was a lot of references to sixes in there mm. and saying that it was like a holy war and, you know, you're never going to beat us because. Um, and know, guess what? We're going to exactly. screw you over. <laughs> but it was it was uh, it was we're going like, to go out drinking, partying. <laughs> That's the part that never gets mentioned. I know. They didn't ever like really get into like how Osama bin Laden could really get the party started. He wanted to know? go out drinking and partying sometimes. I mean But he had fucking oh he had kidney disease. You he think he had people drinking bin Laden's piss? Probably. Oh man. That's fucked up. I know. They're drinking it now with this uh <laughs> <laughs> veneration of this, this is what, veneration. what is it called the open letter it's to... just called the letter to america i i had i tried to look it up on google could not find it yeah apparently the guardian published it like as part of them talking about the tiktok wave that it had because okay. some lady i guess she's like a palestinian uh like freedom speaker or whatever mm. she like directed all of her followers to go read uh osama bin laden's letter and then I guess whatever, I don't know if the story came out because of that or if they had already posted the letter and then she was refer- referencing their their article to mm. get the contents of the letter. Yeah. Because I couldn't find it for a while. So the one that I found, I'm thinking it's the same thing, uh, but they took it off of almost everywhere in the internet. Like if you look up Osama Bin Laden's letter and you click on the thing originally from The Guardian, it's like... Uh, we removed this because it was out of context. Oh, shit. You know how you could tell which one was like a genuine thing written by Bin Laden? <laughs> no, tell me. He dots his eyes with hearts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was typed, so. Oh. You know, yeah. who knows what it said. Yeah, yeah, true. So, uh, so that happened, and it reminded me of how when I was in 11th grade right after 9-11 happened. Yeah. My whole class wrote open letters to Osama bin Laden, and they got published in our local newspaper. You think? What are the chances <laughs> you think, that yeah. bin Laden read any of those from your particular school? I fucking hope he did. I don't know. I don't know even what I said, but I know I quoted Braveheart because I was like, you "Did can- you talk about Whitney Houston? Because apparently he was a Whitney Houston fan." Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, They said they found, like, a bunch of Whitney Houston songs on his hard drive. Oh, that's hilarious. No, I don't know if I knew that about him. I was still under, like, the, like, under the impression that, like, people were telling the truth about what was happening in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, like, you know, I wasn't looking for conspiracies at that point. I was just, like, you can't fucking do this to us. Who do you think you are, you desert man? Okay. (laughs) Just out there. Fucking and you know it's like a holy war so yeah everybody's got their own ideas of what's right and wrong so uh yeah so I just think it's odd that they're taking the letter out of circulation for people to read because if you won't really want somebody to know that this person was a crazy piece of shit then you would leave it out there right I mean the other side of that is I was telling you before all this shit happened was. There was a rise of these, like, uh, shit-posting meme pages, uh, posting a lot of memes about, like, uh, people uh, rereading Ted Kaczynski's manifesto. There's a lot of, yeah. And they were like, you know what? 
He might have not had it wrong this whole time. <laughs> David Koresh, people are becoming fans of him. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. It's really weird. I just, like... I mean, I know we were going down the weird path when, like, the whole serial killer thing was happening. Oh, yeah. And, like, these bitches were like, you know, oh, man, I wish I was kidnapped by Ted Bundy. I went, Jeffrey Dahmer, dumb these nuts in his mouth. Right? You know what I mean? It's, like, really weird because they, <laughs> they were murderers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird fascination, I think. Uh, and I feel, is it is it the human desire to want whatever is, like, the popular narrative to not be true? So they're looking for reasons to, like, discredit it? Or is it... Well, I mean, I think as a student of any type of history, you should always take anything that you're told with a grain of salt, right? Right, 100%. (laughs) Because, like, like, logistically, you can't know for sure anything that's ever happened. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can read books about it, but history is historically written by the winners, right? Yeah. Of most things. And hypocrites. And hippocock. (laughs) I can't even say it. Hippocrates. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's where they got the word hypocrite from? They call it the Hippocratic Oath when you go see a doctor. Yeah. Well, not when you call it. That's what the doctors take when they become doctors. That means they're not allowed to, like, do harm or some shit That's what they say, but it's like, why is it called the Hippocratic Oath? Because he invented it. But then why is it called a hypocrite? Because that's... A different like word that they're using. I feel like it's the same word though. Oh. Is that spelling shit? Oh shit. Um. <laughs> so yeah. That went wildly off the rails, but it just it made me laugh that Ob- that Obama oh, <laughs> Osama bin Laden wrote an open letter to America after I had already written him an open letter. Yeah. And I never knew that he wrote a letter. It's like oh my god. If what if our letters had met each other like twenty three years ago, maybe message in a bottle. <laughs> maybe we could have just averted nine eleven altogether. Obama Joe Biden. Oh yeah, twenty twenty four. Oh shit. Um, speaking of these people being venerated, we, we just wanted to touch on this Napoleon hat being sold. <laughs> By the way, I'm excited for that Joaquin Phoenix movie. Yeah, because there's a lot of shit again. About Napoleon being like, you know, he was sure. You got me all excited. <laughs> are you excited to see Joaquin Phoenix play Napoleon? I'm or excited are you... to see Joaquin Phoenix play anybody. Really? Yeah, not because I think he's great or anything. I just, I, I think he's weird. He's weird as he's shit. He's a weirdo. I like to see weirdos, you know what I mean? Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, but, like, again, it's another figure that is very uh, controversial that we're now, like, venerating. But then again, it's controversial because what was written in the history books about him, that he was short and he was a dictator and that he was all this stuff. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. What's the truth? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you think it's going to be, you think we're going to have, like, fucking napoleon fanboys out there now like a hundred percent i just fucking this is the story that i want to talk about was about um there was a auction in paris yeah and this man um who was a what is it called uh, jean-luc godet yeah something like that it was definitely a jean jean-luc jean-luc godet 
Opoive. Was that his name? No, that's just a, another French word. Oh. Um, so the hat was collected um, by a French industrialist who had spent... What does industrialist mean, first of all? It's like a, a early word for entrepreneur. Oh, okay. It's like a white entrepreneur. <laughs> No, no, we fucked the pretty ones. They fucked the ugly ones, remember? Okay. The ugly ones have the STDs. Okay. So you're cool. You're, right. Yeah, we're all good. So <laughs> um, so this guy had spent 50 years assembling a collection of Napoleon's things. Okay. So um, amongst other things in the auction was this hat, which is like um, like some sort of like it was called something about like a, like a bifurcated horn hat or yeah, some Waterloo shit like that. Shit, right? Yeah, some Waterloo shit. Um, so the hat there was expected to get between six and eight hundred thousand dollars at the auction, and it went for one point nine million by an anonymous buyer. You know, it doesn't seem like a lot of money to me for like a historical. I wouldn't pay more than like ten bucks for something like that, but it seems to me like there's probably only one of those. Wouldn't it go for like like five six? No, so Napoleon wore over one hundred one hundred of the same type of hat in his lifetime. So the the thing actually said it was thought to be worn by a Napoleon. So it's it might not even have been his hat. It's probably his hat, but it might not have been. So it was like one of a hundred that he had. I mean, I guess that's like that's a that's a that's a pretty small number. Yeah. I mean, um, but, like, who do you think bought it? It was anonymous? It was an anonymous buyer, yeah. Huh. I don't know. You think they remain anonymous because they're like, I don't want, like, people yeah. to think I'm a bad guy? It would be like buying Nazi paraphernalia in my... In the way it was taught to me in school, mm-hmm. I conflate Hitler and Napoleon. Really? You know, yeah. We were taught that Mussolini, Hitler, Napoleon, dictators, they're all bad. That's, that's, that was the general story. Yeah, but weren't like two of those during the same time frame and one of them was like 300 years earlier or some shit? No. It, when was Napoleon? No, Napoleon was in the 1800s. Mussolini was in like the early oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 1900s. I guess right. So they were like consecutive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so but another thing that was in the collection was a silver plate, which was no, uh, it was looted from his carriage after his defeat at Waterloo. Oh, okay. So, I don't know how much that went for, but the hat went for $1.9 million. Wait, did he die in exile? Did he die at Waterloo? No, I think he, he was exiled, right? Then he go, like, they left him on an island somewhere or some shit. Really? I'm pretty sure that's what I happened. I don't know, honestly, much about Napoleon, to be honest with you, other than, like, oh, you have a Napoleon complex. Uh, and it's, like, the thing that you say to short guys if they're, like, insecure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently the dude wasn't even short, so... Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see what Joaquin Phoenix says about it, you know? (laughs) Then we'll finally know the truth about Napoleon. Yeah, exactly. Didn't they say that movie was, like, six hours long or some shit? Um, maybe. I'm willing to give it a try, though. Six hours? Not in one sitting. I feel like I might need an intermission. (laughs) Um... Speaking of uh, hypocrites, you wanted we 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 read this one story about some hippos. Oh yeah, more hippos. More hippos. Uh, the Pablo Escobar's hippos in Colombia. In Colombia, uh, yeah. Apparently, Pablo Escobar had brought over two hippos. Okay. 
and since his, in the 80s. Okay. And since then, they have gotten loose and populated a lot of Colombia. Okay. And there's about 169 animals that are now in the Colombian wetlands, I guess, grasslands. So those two kept breeding. Kept breeding, and then breeding. Those, those bred, and then those bred, and then we got 100, what? There's 60? 169, yeah. A- animals that don't belong there. <laughs> that do not belong there. They're considered an invasive species. Oh, no. Uh, so now what they're doing, the plan to eradicate these hippos is to sterilize them. Okay. So um, the plan is every year they're going to sterilize 40 hippos. Okay. So. But they'd uh, be done in like four years, right? What's 160 divided by four? Like 40 or something like that. Somewhere around there. Four and a half-ish. Yeah. But I'm like, okay. This has been a problem since what, the 80s though? Well, I mean, I guess it's getting worse. Okay. Um, I guess there's a lot of, uh, what you call it, barriers. To getting these hippos sterilized. Oh, yeah. Being that they're like two to three ton aggressive animals. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. are very territorial. And apparently there's been issues with the rain. Not issues with the rain, but whatever has been happening with the rain has caused the grass that they eat to like grow so much that they can't even bait these hippos into oh. like because they have so much food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, so they're having a hard time getting a hold of them. Uh, so far they've done two males and one female. But they did that shit in one day. I'm like, you can only get 40 done a year <laughs> if you got three done in a day. Like, it's, I feel like... It's too wet out there. So, yeah. that That's what they... they're Between it being wet, uh, they're hard to find. Mm. And, like, the grass, I guess. If they're not charging you. <laughs> and um, so their, their plans to, like, eradicate it include the sterilization of them. Uh, so 40 per year over, I guess, four years. Um, then they're going to transfer some of them to other countries. Okay. And then the last option was possibly euthanasia. Oh. So they're, they're saving the big one for last. <laughs> they have no natural predators. Yeah. Because they grew up in a spot where... Well, I don't think they have... Hippos have many predators anyway. Maybe baby hippos get eaten by alligators or whatever, but mm. I don't think hippos have many predators. In, in their regular environment yeah i think where they are in colombia kind of like mimics their regular environment and that's why they were able to like live and thrive there yeah yeah but um so the sterilization takes time because they're very aggressive um it's cost about ten thousand dollars per animal for the procedure to be done who pays for that that's what i'm saying i'm like you're gonna take these motherfuckers out at 40 at a clip in it per year yeah there's 160 of them Gee. Like, so first, so 40 times 10,000. What is that, 400,000? Yeah. So $400,000 a year on surger- surgery. Or just kill 169 hippos. <laughs> like, really, I mean, I don't mean to sound mean, but if they're an invasive species, you're already sterilizing them. It's not like they're, they have a chance to, like... like, further their species there. Yeah. What is the point in like letting them to either relocate or or just euthanize well, them? I think we did. We covered this in a previous episode, but I th- I'm pretty sure we watched that one documentary and they were talking about the dangers of relocating them. Yeah, we I know we did. We talked. We watched that documentary, and I kind of I think this is just them like with an update on that documentary. Yeah, yeah. Saying that they like started. Yeah. 
but like I get, I mean, and plus they're all like inbred hippos. Yeah. From two, so they're probably like you know genetically inferior to that whatever's there. Or we're gonna give you the all the nasty ass leftovers. So yeah, the hippos are, uh, they're going to take them out 40 at a time over, it says though, if you, we don't do anything, mm. there'll be at least a thousand of them by the year 2035. Oh my God. Which is all hippos. Jeez. How, so, s- how soon before they start invading Florida? <laughs> how, like, do you think they can get across that, that, la- that, uh, I mean, ocean? I'm pretty sure. It's not ocean? They would just have to travel north, right? Like, through Mexico and shit. I know they take a lot of time through, like, I mean, they spend a lot of time in waterways, but I don't know how long they can be, like, in just open water. Well, if you got... And plus, they live in fresh water, right? They don't live in salt water. Yeah. Well, so, well, how do manatees live? Uh, Is that fresh water or, or I think salt? it's salt. Okay. Salt water, yeah. They might be one of those ones that can, like, switch. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. All I'm saying is, if you want to take Florida off the map, just import a bunch of Pablo Escobar's hippos. Yeah, but they would have to ensure that Florida was going to break off right above Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah, because then it starts spreading this way. Yeah, then we're going to have hippos in like next 20 years. (sighs) They wouldn't survive the wintertime, I feel like. Oh, probably not. I mean, but, you know, life finds a way. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably how woolly mammoths came to be. You think they had woolly hippos? Yeah. I think there was a woolly version of everything. Oh, shit. I would like to see a woolly hippo. They're so fucking cute. It's weird that they're, like, so nasty. Hippopotamuses? Yeah. They're territorial. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't like people fucking around on their land. But if they don't belong on that land... You know what? Let's not go down this conversation. (laughs) Um... You want to do this uh, last story that we got here? You got STDs? <laughs> oh, hell not me. I'm going to give them that. They're, they're, they, have, they have STDs, remember? <laughs> this last story is not about STDs, though. Oh. Well, why'd you make me play that? I didn't. You pointed I, uh... at it. And you said this one next. <laughs> I was talking about the one above it. The one above it? No, above it. You got STDs? Oh, hell not me. I'm going to give them that. They're, they're, they, have, they have STDs, remember? Yeah, but if you got STDs, you got to give it to them. No. You can't have not have STDs and not give it to them. That one? <laughs> no. Which one? STDs short? No, no STDs. Oh. No. Which one? <laughs> the the plenty of effing. Oh, that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going. <laughs> plenty of fucking going on tonight. Okay. That's, That's... what the hippos are going to be doing. Yeah. Um, but they won't be, be able to make any babies because they're sterile. Oh yeah. So, I mean, is that is that a feat worse than just taking them all out? Um. You think there's like 169 souls in those hippos? <sighs> I don't. I don't know, man. That's pretty rough. Like they don't belong there, but. Yeah, but. Uh, it's fine if you stay as long as you don't have babies. Yeah, let's not go down that route. <laughs> yeah, so the next story that we have is about uh, a 13-year-old girl named Avery Emerson. Hey, happy story. Avery Emerson Fisher. I'm sorry, she has got a hyphenated last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she just won uh, the world record for the most 
illusions performed underwater while scuba diving? Most magic tricks? Illusions. Oh, illusion. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I get that wrong. Um, Most illusions performed underwater? So... In a specific time period or... In three minutes. Oh, in three minutes. In three minutes, she performed 38 okay. illusions. Okay, now hold on a goddamn minute here. A good illusion takes a little bit more than a couple seconds, right? Apparently, a tape was taken of her. It was sent to the Guinness World Record Board of Certifying Things. Yeah, yeah. And they said, yep, bitch did 38 in um, three minutes. And I feel like the previous record was on land. There, there was no. I don't think that. No, the, no, no, no. Because no, the record is underwater, right? No, it just said for, uh, for a, a many illusions in that many minutes. No. Yeah. Wait. So she just added the underwater part just to be an asshole. Yeah. What the fuck? So apparently the story goes, this kid Avery's father uh-huh. dur- during the beginning of COVID was like. Hey, daughter, what do you want to do for lockdown Mm -hmm. or for uh, quarantine? So she was like, I've always wanted to scuba dive. Okay. So uh, she takes scuba diving lessons. Uh, He takes her to all these different um, like bodies of water to practice in. Okay. And uh, then she went to like, I guess once COVID bans lifted, she went to her local aquarium. Okay. And she started... um, merging her two loves scuba diving and magic okay but there is an official uh name for for what it's called she has a certificate of being a scuba magician hey. and she got it from someone named chef chef anton and he was creator he was the creator of scuba magician and it is a p-a-d-i distinctive specialty Wait, he his name's Chef Anton. His, uh, no, that's his like stage name. I don't know what his real name is. I forgot to write it down. So he was doing like Benny Hanna tricks underwater and being like, "Hey, I'm gonna flip this on my hat." No, he was an underwater water magician. Just going up, coming up. His name was Chef. Chef. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, like they call like like DJs chefs sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Cooking up the beats or whatever, cooking up the illusions. Yeah, yeah. So he did come up with this whole like scuba certificate for being like an underwater magician. But he never gave it out to anybody. Well, he got he gave one to her. Oh, first one. Yeah, first one. And wow. she was the youngest one to ever get it at 12 years old. Wow. And I can't help but thinking like how fucking privileged of a like hobby could you pick? Yeah. Like the most expensive of both worlds. You need like a box to saw somebody in half with scuba scuba gear, <laughs> scuba lessons, access to like m- multiple bodies of water. I'm thinking about most of the magic tricks that I've seen. I feel like will be nullified if they were underwater. Uh, you pull a rabbit out of your hat, that thing's drowned. Yeah, like you know how they do the thing <laughs> where like you pour the liquid in the hat, or you turn the hat upside down, and there's no liquid. <laughs> or but, it, but it's all liquid. It's all liquid. Or the tricks are just super easy down there because it's all they all involve liquid. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like oh. You can't do anything with fire. Can't do anything with fire. You really can't do anything with like uh like like a like electrical anything. You know, if you have an eel, maybe, Oh. you know what sucks, though? And I feel like it doesn't count because 
excuse me. Fucking, uh, <laughs> it's really easy to do like, uh, what's that called? <laughs> Not sleight of hand, but like, uh, will you like shift somebody's perspective somewhere else? Oh, uh, like misdirection? Yeah, it's really easy to do misdirection when there's sharks surrounding you. Because <laughs> all you have to do is just point like to like an area. <laughs> you just it, because isn't wasn't that like a trope that, that old magicians would do? Be like shark and like point so the audience looks away. <laughs> I've never heard of that trope before. But you never. I feel like I've seen that done on something. Seems like it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's gonna look if you yell shark, even if you're on land. What other magician magic trick can't you do underwater? Um Rabbit out of hat is out. Uh that like the the thing where you like change clothes. You know what I mean? In like uh, a clo- like whatever that is. Oh yeah. yeah that like yeah. Ro- rotating room thing. Oh yeah. That'd be hard to do just because of like the, the gravity situation, you know. I'm trying to think of uh, trap doors are going to be out. All the ones that the uh, guy from that TV show did, Magic Secrets Unleashed or some shit like that. Remember he had like a black mask on, and he was like, "I can't show my real identity or I might get killed." I never saw that. You never saw no, that? No, we gotta watch it. I mean, it came out like in the early 2000s. It was like a guy that went on Fox and was like. Show like a magic trick, and then you'd be like, "I'm gonna show you how this was done." I told you what I was doing in the early 2000s. Okay. Writing Osama bin Laden. I was writing Osama bin Laden letters. I don't remember anything else that happened. I'm thirsty, homo boy. (laughs) Give me a drink. What the fuck did Um, you play that for? Yeah, crazy shit, man. But I just Uh, like, I mean, what are these parents doing? Like, how do you have enough like disposable income? To get your kid into underwater scuba dive magician school. Yeah. And well, h- how niche of a fucking thing of that is that there's teachers for it. You know, these kids need stuff to do. If she wasn't doing that, she'd just be out in the in the water streets. <laughs> she'd be just, just trying to do magic for any little fucking fish that came by. Yeah, yeah, you need an agent. Yeah, you it's need, true. You need that. And now she's in the Guinness Book of World Records, and and I'll have to look this up for next week. But I'm pretty sure she beat the land record. Wow. Because the previous uh, record was 20 in three minutes. That is ridiculous. Maybe they just judged her on like a curve because she was like a a little girl. You think you so? Can't, that can't be your standards if you're a Guinness Book of World Records keeper. You can't just fucking, like, let the little girl win. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, these are historical records. Are they? From I thought the so. alcohol company? You know what? As I was writing down the, the word Guinness earlier, I was like, wait a minute. Are they related? I don't know. Probably. I think they are. Do you think that, um, like, they're... I wonder if, like, the Bush company ever had anything like that. Anheuser-Busch? Yeah. I don't know. Like, the Bush uh, blog of world uh, champions. They should start something. All right, can we move on? No. <laughs> I haven't sucked enough out of this bit. Jesus. That's what I would be saying if I was that girl's fucking parents. Yeah. Can we move on from this ridiculous goddamn hobby? Yeah. But now they're the parents of a Guinness Book of World Records holder. That's true. That's it's going to get them front row in every PTA meeting. Every one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's the uh, that's the last piece of what's going on this week. There you go. Should we play the theme song again? We should. 
What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on up there? What is a going on? All right. And that oh, was the yeah. end of What's a Going On, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that segment. Yes. Um, can we do the new one now? Oh, shit. Yeah. I, believe, I guess we're going to have to skip the other one. We'll skip the other one. That's okay. fine. We don't have the thing ready for it anyway. But I appreciate all the uh, the links you went to to uh, prepare. For which one? For the last one. Oh, yeah. You cut up papers? I cut up papers and everything. Yeah. I lit incense. Yeah, we'll get to it. It's fine. But I'm excited to do this next one. I've worked really hard on uh, doing yeah, this intro. You really did. Yeah. So, should we play the intro? Let's hear it. All right. We'll play the intro, and then we'll explain to the people what this segment is about. All right? All right. So, here you go. New segment alert, guys. Here's a new segment from Actual Comedy. Actual comedies, motion picture classics, ACs, MPC. Um, so this is a new segment that we thought up uh, where we review. Uh, it's kind of like the half S book club, uh, if you guys listen to that. Um, Except for we watch the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So we, we watch uh, a movie, a piece of uh, motion picture cinema, right? Uh, that you would consider what? Like a classic, something that like affected the culture as a whole, right? Yeah, it had to have left an imprint on society, I think. Yeah, yeah. So if we were like like in, in book terms, I guess you would say like these are movies that would like be like made by Shakespeare or like Mark Twain or whoever you consider to be like a good author, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Music would be like if, if you were, if you found the works of Vivaldi or Bach or whatever the fuck. Chopin. Yeah. Um, but movies, uh, you know, there's been multiple lists over the years of people describing what they consider to be the, what, the greatest movie of all time, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, Rosebud, Citizen Kane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was another one fucking uh a uh, clockwork orange yeah that one fucking i was thinking of another black and white one uh casablanca, casablanca. Or whatever the fuck, gone with the wind that shit right yeah so we decided that we're gonna do our own version of this and these are movies that we consider uh classics but also like i feel like everybody considers these movies classics yeah um so we decided to go uh with a pretty popular one. Uh, this is a movie that I think affected uh, a lot of our culture today. And, I had no uh, idea how much. It had like, a huge impact on a lot of people's lives uh, and the way we you know, do business, we govern abroad. Um, yeah, this is just a lot of aspects that this like movie touches on. Uh, do you want to reveal the name of the first movie that we chose to review? Uh, yes, Angel. The first movie that we thought was really important to highlight was um, The Fast and the Furious. The Fast and the Furious. Um, who directed that? Brian Singer or some shit like that? Yeah, it was Brian Earl Spilner. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it was directed by fucking, what's his name? Uh, Paul Walker. He directed it? No. Uh, Brian O'Connor. No, that was his name in the movie, right? No, his name was Brian Earl Spilner. 
No, no, no. His real name. It was oh, Brian O'Connor. You're giving away the whole movie before we've even reviewed it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go back. Okay. Robert Cohen directed it. Oh, Cohen Brothers film. Uh, I don't know if he's from the Cohen Brothers. Oh, obviously, this is his name. Sexual abuse allegations. Okay, let's go back. Um, Fast and Furious. Crazy movie. Big movie, right? It's a big movie. Yeah. Did you like this movie? You know, I hadn't seen this movie. You've never seen the Fast... That's another thing. These are going to be movies that either Aaron or I have never seen in our lives. Yeah. So when I was coming into it, I was really just um, going off of the stereotypes of what this movie was. Yeah. And I didn't understand, like, the deep, like, plot lines and... You know what I mean? Like, all the symbolism and stuff that was in it. Yeah, yeah. And once we watched it, I was like, oh, my God. So well done. Um, so our opening scene is a Mack truck racing down over a bridge. Okay. And beside it comes four black cars going really fast. Okay. And I'm like, what's happening here? Are we racing Mack trucks in this movie? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, they come out through their uh what's that thing called at the top of your car the roof the the head like well sunroof yeah all cars have a roof but some of them open yeah so these guys they had sunroofs and they pop those open they jump out and they shoot like a a claw gun it's like a grappling hook a grappling hook yeah through the windshield of the truck driver yep and then they are able to take the truck driver out of the truck yeah and then take all of his things yeah a bunch of dvd players so i'm like okay well thankfully they got him out of there because he was so furious yeah that (laughs) they were like we can't have this in our society so that was the first scene and i'm like all right man what are these guys gonna solve right so uh the next scene that we got to um opens with uh paul walker a young paul walker yeah. Looking like fucking Zach Morris. Came out. This movie came out in 2001. He so looked like a goddamn baby. Yeah, it must have been filmed like a year or two before then. Yeah. yeah. So 1999. Yeah. You know, this movie came out um, 62201. Oh. Which uh, was a, a little bit less than three months before 9-11. Oh, shit. Are you making a connection between The Fast and the Furious and 9-11? You think Osama Bin Laden liked... Uh, the Fast and the Furious? I think he might have. Oh, Honestly, man. because, okay, look. I think 9-11 would have been way worse if the Fast and the Furious didn't come out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Like, they saw the movie and they were like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's the capabilities we're up against. Right, exactly. And they just, you know, let's just teach him a lesson and then pull back. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got I think that's what's happening here. Okay. Because, like, look. 622, 9, 11. Like 22 is half of, is twice okay. 11. 6 is 3 less than 9. Okay. 311. Investigate 311. Investigate 311. So, anyway, so, so after they, they, um, save the city from that, um, Mack truck driver, um, we see Paul Walker. Wait, they didn't save the city from the Mack truck driver. They were stealing the thing that the Mack truck driver had in his truck. What? Yeah. He had a bunch of DVD I thought players. they were the good guys. No, they were stealing from him. So they were both fast and furious. 
They, yeah, the Fast and the Furious, uh, I think that was regarding the the crimes that were occurring. Oh, they were Fast and Furious. They went in and occur- committed these crimes Fast and Furious. So wait, the four guys in the, those black cars, they weren't the good guys? I mean, you'd have to describe what happened in the rest of the movie to to know, Fuck. right? I mean, I must I might have misinterpreted it, so work with me here. Yeah. So Paul Walker comes into uh, this little diner setting. Mm-hmm. There's a cute little uh, brown-haired girl waitressing. Yeah. And he's like, how's the tuna? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the girl's like, it's always crappy. And he's like, all right, girl, I'll see you later. And then he leaves. Well, he eats, he eats the tuna first. Does he eat the tuna? He eats the tuna, yeah. I don't remember him eating the tuna. He eats the Did tuna. they show him eating that whole sandwich? They show him eating the sandwich, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. But he gets it. He, he comes back for the tuna. Yeah. She says he's, he's come back like every day for three weeks. Just for the tuna. Because he's just got a job delivering auto parts for okay. the auto store. Okay. So in the meantime, he... Uh, he he just came into town after being like let out of this like what was it was it like jail or something that he was, he was in explaining? juvie he was in juvie for boosting cars for boosting cars yeah. it's so funny he's in juvie with a fucking mustache and like a <laughs> uh so anyway he's working for this car part distributor is that what it was yeah yeah so he's working there and he's also building a car of his own at the same time yeah, well, he has a car. He has a green car. He has the green, but he's working on it, right? It's already worked out. He's like, my car's fast, remember? He said, my car's fast, but it was after he, he had to get stuff for it first, remember? No, mm-hmm. no, no. He didn't need to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he goes back to the thing. He tells the guy, I need nuts. It was literally the only quote I have written down. <laughs> after tuna is crappy. I need Nas. Yeah, so he puts Nas in his car, and he goes to the the he races. He goes to the races. Yeah, to race Vin Diesel and Ja Rule. And ja Rule's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ja Rule had some like really profound statements in there. Uh, what the did one he say? I really liked was, "It's not how you stand by your car, it's how you race it." Oh shit! And that then, is pretty um, deep. And then Vin Diesel. He's his name is Dom in this. Yeah, Dominic Toretto. Dominic Toretto. Yeah. And he's like the fastest and the furiousest. Yeah, he was in Juvie too. The most furious. Yeah. And he was also in Juvie, so that's where him and Paul Walker had like a They connected. A connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um they do this race thing. Uh Paul Walker adds the NOS to his car and he like almost beats Toretto. Yeah. In the race. But, like, not quite, right? Yeah, he loses. He loses. Yeah. Because he hit it too early? Was that what he, happened? He, well, it was too much. Too much, yeah. Nos? Yeah, too much. He, he blew the sockets off the off the something? Well, they had to take the, the head apart to see if he fried any gaskets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he races this car for his pink slip. And I'm like, oh my god, how dedicated do you have to be to a sport? You know what I mean? To like, racing be for like, pinks. You never heard of that? Racing for pinks? No. It might have came out because of this movie. I think I think that's the like did did the that culture spawn from the movie or did the movie spawn from the culture? The culture was already around. It I was remember, an evolution of that like Mustang culture. I remember like when I was in high school, we used to go to like this place in Philly where they would do drag racing. Uh really? Yeah. I went there a couple times. It was like... like By the uh, airport, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and it was like, oh, the races, and then you have to break up if the cops are coming. Yeah. It's pretty uh, fun. I went there a couple times. It was fun, but that couple times I went, it was always a mess. Somebody crashed their car one time. <laughs> and then it was just like, you know, but it was fun. Uh, anyway, so I can understand, like, you know what I mean, why this has such a grip on us as a society. Yeah. Because who doesn't want to see cars go fucking fast? You know what I mean? The whole reason I took, uh, I was able to take a career choice in high school. Mm-hmm. I took auto tech because of the Fast and the Furious. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And yet you still can't tell me what kind of oil I need in my car. I, don't I can tell you exactly what type of oil you need for your car. What kind? Coconut oil. Jojoba. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, anyway, he loses the race. He has got to give his pink slip, his whole car now, to Vin Diesel. Or, yeah. I'm sorry, Dom... Toretto. Toretto. Yeah. Uh, and then... So, what happened then? Refresh my memory. So, uh, Vin Diesel's driving away. He drops his car off at this, like, uh... uh, Oh, in, like, a fucking garage somewhere. Garage, yeah. And then he starts walking home. And then the cops, they're, like, driving around looking for people that were at the race. And they see him, and they go, Stop right there, Toretto. So, he starts running. And then, all of a sudden... Here comes uh, uh, Brian Spilner in his green car that he owes Dominic, right? Yeah, and he's like, get in, man. He's like, get in. So they get away from the cops. They get away from the cops, and uh, then they get into, like, the, the Asians' territory? Well, yeah, they drive down, like, a, the wrong way, and they end up in, like, this place because uh, these guys on motorcycles show up. <laughs> no, they follow us. They have guns. Uh, so they make them drive to, like, this, uh, what is it, like, a graveyard? Cemetery. I thought they were in like the like the temple or some shit like that. I look like the entrance way to like a big castle. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, so they go there. Make them pull uh, over. The Asian guy's like, "Hey, I told you to stay out of here. Don't do any races here." Blah blah. And they're like, "Yeah, that's fine. We we get it. We're gonna get out of here." Right before they get in the car, they blow up their car. <laughs> so I mean. Now, Paul Walker still owes Vin... Uh, uh, sorry. Dominic I'm going to keep calling him Vin Diesel because... Arguably cooler name. Cooler. Yeah. Why the fuck would you not just use your real name for a movie called Fast and the Furious? Because he was using his real name in his real life. I get that, but I'm saying like that works perfectly for the character. Yeah. You know what I mean? And plus, Vin Diesel is probably not his real name. No, it's not. So, anyway, I digress. I feel like he took away from the art of that <laughs> by not using his name. But anyway, so now Paul owes Vin Diesel a 10 second car. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm going to do anything to get this car to you. Yeah. And so they become like BFFs because he's helped him out in a time of need. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's another dude that's like like BFFs with uh, what's his name? Vin Diesel already. Yeah. And he's super jealous of. Paul Walker. Because he wanted to date the sister, and they were like, don't do it because that's bad or whatever. And Paul Walker wanted to date her, and he dated her immediately. And then uh, Dominic's showing him, like, favorable gestures. Yeah. Instead of this uh, guy that's been with him the whole time. Yeah, so that guy wouldn't have been a pussy the whole time, and was he just went for it. Yeah. If he would have fucked his sister right away, I think he would have been True. But friendly with him. And the then, guy, as we learned later, the guy wasn't really wrong about the things he was saying, right? No, no, yeah. he wasn't. <laughs> um, so what, what happens next? So uh, what does happen next? Okay, where are we at? 
Cop he buys chase. a Supra. Oh, okay. So he then brings they get the Supra car. To, to Dominic's garage. They they help him put the Supra together. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So they have um, like this kid that's like got ADD. Yeah. Uh, as like they're like mad scientist of like car engines so paul picks out like a car that's gonna like work really well and go fast and then the guy comes up with some sort of like equation of shit to put into the car Mm -hmm. that's gonna make it the 10 second car yeah um so they start working on that cut to paul walker is a fucking cop oh spoiler alert spoiler alert uh i hope you've already seen this movie because like i did not see that coming yeah it was so crazy to me. I'm like, what? He's a fucking I rat I believed the whole time. he loved, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, this guy was just, he seemed so pure. Yeah, yeah. You know? But he wasn't. He wasn't. He was a fucking rat. Yeah. And so then he's doing all this, like, snooping on, like, the goings-ons of the... Well, he's trying to figure out who's the people in the black cars that stole uh, this stuff yeah, from the yeah. truck, right? Yeah. So yeah. they think it's Vin Diesel's crew, but he's, like in too deep and now he's like trying to protect Vin Diesel so he's trying to like find the blame anywhere else besides Vin Diesel. Yeah right? so like initially he sent the feds to the Asian guys. Yeah because they like ruled it out. They were like they just had a bunch of like legal fucking DVD players because oh that truck that that, that that I thought that the good guys were like ridding like the, the city of yeah um was full of dvd players yeah, that were yeah. stolen yeah so that was like their that's how they were making so much money yeah it's just funny to me they didn't just put like drugs in there or weapons no you couldn't you do know? that for the first movie i know but i'm like okay these guys are buying like like twenty thousand dollar parts for each car oh yeah off a truckload of dvd players <laughs> i'm like what that the math's not math in there but yeah, just uh, steal the truck that has the car parts the, in it, right? exactly yeah. i mean but you know i guess live and learn um so he's a cop he's he sends a he sends the feds to the asians they rule them out and then um after you know, Paul has proved himself to Vin Diesel. He's like now like real friendly with him. He's not suspecting that Paul's a cop. Right. And he invites him to their race wars. Race wars. Race wars. In the desert. In the desert. Yeah. So they go and uh, they're doing their race wars. Uh, the ADHD kid like made a great car, but it was with his dad's car. Yeah. And Is that did, what happened? He, yeah, he, he had a Jetta, but he, he went up against the Asian guy that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't know that the Asian guy was, like, super rich, so he had, like, a bunch of, like, money put into his car that could beat the Jetta. Right. So he races him. Loses. Loses. Yeah. And then loses his shut drives away in the desert. They were racing for pinks. They were racing. Well, he was racing for pinks because yeah, yeah. He, he didn't have any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All he had was ADHD and engines. Yeah. So he freaked out after he lost and he drives away. Drives away. And he's missing. He's missing. And then um, what How? What? It, what tipped uh, Paul Walker off that like something was going down? Uh, he saw Vin Diesel about to leave when they were in the desert. Okay. Okay. And so he, he went to the sister and he was like, what the fuck's going on? And she's like, I told him not to do this, whatever the fuck. And so that's when Paul Walker's like, Mia, I'm a cop. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been a cop. Yeah. But right now, if you want to save your brother and that other dude, you got to... I forgot to talk about Michelle William. What's her face? Michelle Robinson? 
Michelle Rodriguez? Michelle Rodriguez, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, For, she's totally forgot. She's she's Vin Diesel's sister in that. No, which she's is not. like She's oh. Vin Diesel's love interest. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> potato potato. Uh, Dominic Toretto's love interest. She's Dominic Toretto's love interest. Um and she's like playing a straight woman. And I'm like, wow, that's really like great range for you her. You know she's straight actor. in real life, right? No, she's not. She is. Get the fuck out of here. She's like she's been married for like thirty years or okay. some shit. So was uh, Tisha Campbell's, uh, or T- Tishina Campbell's husband. What the <laughs> fuck is happening right now? <laughs> it wasn't... You're going to get sued by so many I people know. today. Delete all that shit. What is wrong with me? Um, so Michelle Rodriguez, she's in it. And so he was, he was like, basically saying, like, Mia, like, tell me what's up with your brother. I'm a cop, but you can trust me and you want to save these people. Yeah, he knew something was going to go down, and he's like, if you don't tell me where to find him, then the the, the guys that I work for are going to find him, and they're probably going to kill him. Yeah. Or the guy that's in the truck, because they're, like, arming themselves now, are probably going to kill the people going over there. Yeah. So, anyway, you find out that Vin Diesel and his crew were the guys in the black cars in the beginning. That blew my shit, man. I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> That was crazier to me than when in The Sixth Sense you find out that... Uh, that Haley Joel Osment was gay the whole time? <laughs> I knew it. I, that he was a 30-year-old man. I'm thirsty, homo boy. Okay. Give me a drink. Stop that. So... So basically, I mean, this is, this is really the end of this movie at this point, right? Like, they go... Uh, it's not the end of the movie. Well, but they like, go. They try to steal the shit from the attention. from the truck, right? Yeah. Uh, the guy, the truck driver, ends up having a shotgun. He shoots uh, the guy that was like tried to. He tried to be closer to Vin Diesel than Paul Walker was. Yeah. Paul Walker ends up saving him. Yeah. Uh, so they call an ambulance, uh, a medev- a medevac chopper, and he's like, uh, "This is Officer Brian O'Connor. Uh, we got a person bleeding out. Blah blah." So Vin, Vin Diesel's like, like, you're a fucking cop the whole time, you piece of shit. So then they're like, all right, uh, Mia goes home with Vin Diesel, Paul Walker's left by himself, right? Uh, but the guy is probably fine. He sent him to a hospital, right? Nobody died in the movie Nobody so far. Nobody died. They, a lot of people shot and in car accidents, no one's dead so far. No one's dead. I mean, so much less gun violence than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's wholesome. Um, and then... Uh, we get to Paul Walker going to Vin Diesel's house. Yeah. And he's like, listen, man, uh, I don't know what you're trying to do, but, you know, you got to stop what you're doing or whatever. Because Vin Diesel has a gun in his hand. So I guess Paul Walker thought that he was going to go fucking get revenge for his boy being in the hospital or whatever. But Vin Diesel goes, uh, the ADH, the ADH. The ADD kid is missing or whatever. Oh, Jesse. Yeah. Je- was that his name? I think his name is Jesse. He's like, Jesse's still missing. We don't know where he is. I had to go find him. And Paul Walker's like, well, you can't go with the gun, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, Jesse shows up. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I was scared. I didn't know what to do, blah, blah. Then, all of a sudden, Asian guys show up with guns. And they oh, shoot Jesse. Oh, so too soon. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then, Vin Diesel jumps in his car, his charger that he built with his dad. Uh, Paul Walker jumps in his car. They go. They chase the Asian guys. They end up making them crash. They don't die either. No. Uh, Paul, even though Paul Walker shoots one in the stomach, but they yeah, don't and die. He, yeah, he checks his pulse. And he's like, call 911. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then 
That's fine, right? I love everything at just... that point is done. Go ahead. Okay, no. I just think it's funny how they just yell into like like public call 911. Yeah. Like with this thought like who the fuck are you talking to? Well, with that like new law, the Good Samaritan law, if you don't listen to Paul Walker when he says that, you go to jail. It has to be Paul Walker saying that. It has to it, be though. Paul. Yeah, it was specifically just Paul Walker. Oh, so now we don't have to listen to that anymore. Not anymore, no. no. But for a short time period you did or you go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they chase the Asian guys. They're done. They, they Everything's take seemingly out. over. Um, they get to like this railroad crossing, and Vin, uh, Vin Diesel's like, uh, at that stoplight is exactly a quarter mile. Let's do this race. Blah blah. blah. They do the race. Vin Diesel wins, but he crashes at the end. Uh, he gets out of his car. Uh, the cops are coming. Paul Walker gives him the keys to his super that he built. And he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, uh, I owe you a 10-second car. And he gives him the car, and Vin Diesel drives away. End of movie. Fiend. Finale. That's wild. It's wild to me that you never saw The Fast and the Furious. I just didn't know there were so many twists and turns and, like, you know, like, what is that called when you, like, you, you trick somebody? Oh, like, what you were just saying, like a... Misdirection. Misdirection. There was yeah, so yeah. much misdirection in this movie. I was like, wow. Imagine if they did a Fast and the Furious underwater. Like the same movie. Not a different oh. like sequel, but like the same exact movie underwater. Well, there's no way they could do that because the cars would just seize up. Um, you know what I mean? Like you can't drive a car unless it's an amphibious uh, vehicle. They do boats. You can, I don't think you can put NOS in those. What about, uh, like, submarines? Oh, maybe. Maybe that's going to be, like, uh, its own franchise. The not-so-fast and the furious. <laughs> the not-so-fast and the The slow explosions. and the serious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm really, like, glad that you made me watch that. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm now more part of the cultural lexicon. Yeah. You know? Should we play the thing one last time? I think we should, because I think... That was so good. God damn it. Um, I think that's the end of the episode. I think it is too. Did you have fun? I had so much fun. I did too. Yes. I feel like we touched on a lot of things that we're going to probably go back and revisit a lot of. Like in the next couple episodes. Literally. Like so many things. Yeah. It's just, it's this amazing thing that they're we're weaving. (laughs) R.I.P. Paul Walker. All right. Yeah. R.I.P. Paul Walker. Um, We hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. And uh, we will be back uh, pretty soon, right? Yes, very soon. All right, guys. Uh, so until next time. Booker T, Stevie Ray, you guys are going down. Yeah. Let's keep that in mind. All right, yeah. guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. And we will talk to you next time. See Later. Ya.
really stink. We were just singing the baby to sleep. Wake up, little baby boys. Have you been baby boy? It was waking me up. When I lay me down to sleep. When the soul identifies with Maya, it forgets. Thus, the soul is temporarily in darkness. It is deluded, and it dreams the mortal dream. Becoming increasingly involved and confused, the soul remains bound up with the world. The intuitive faculty becomes suppressed, and its perception of truth blotted out.